We were made to thrive. How many of you believe that? Look at the person next to you. You're not ordinary. That person next to you is not ordinary. We were made to thrive. I think that's good preaching in that song, don't you? It was great choir. Beautiful. We love that. Thanks for putting the words up so we can sing with you. Praise the Lord. Welcome this morning to Stratford Heights. It's just such an honor to see you here today. And we know you're going to be blessed. We've had just come from early service at 8.30 and then the Sunday school hour at 9.30. And now we're here for morning worship. And our pastor's going to minister. And then tonight the pastor's going to minister in the mixed service. And we especially want to invite all of you young adults to be with us. It's going to be a wonderful service. I've never been disappointed in the service. If you get to make it to the mix, you'll be blessed. And you don't have to stay home. Just come, and if they turn the lights down, you can just sit closer to your husband or wife. Hold hands. Do all, we do all kinds of little whisper sweet nothings. And we love coming where we can just sit and enjoy the service. I'm telling you, God has blessed us. We are made to thrive. And we need, you need to stir up some love in your family. And emotions and things are great. I'm going to preach this Wednesday night about how to be a winner. And I'm going to talk about how to have fun and romance in marriage. It's great. It is great to have fun and romance in marriage. That's what God made us for. And He wants us to have joy and fulfillment. So we want to welcome you today to Stratford Heights. Uh, there are classes throughout the whole week different things going on but one thing we want you to remember is september the 6th next sunday afternoon is the picnic at the armco shelter park and you need to see some of the uh the encounter ministry groups and get signed up and bring your family it's a good family thing and you'll be blessed and have fun to come to those things so we want you to uh, know that we welcome you if you're new and this is your first or second time here would you just look around and, and see if you know somebody standing by you? Turn around and check everybody standing by you. And if you don't know them, you shake hands with them this morning. We get out in the aisles, greet them and say, God bless you and ask what their name is. Take the name of the person by you. Yes, God bless you. Oh, 
Amen. There's just lots of people to talk to here, so sometimes I get kind of lost in that. Is anybody thankful to be in the Lord's house this morning? Thankful for God's blessings? I know we are. I want you to join with me if we can and pray over the nation of Israel. That's something that we believe in here, something that we live by. It's not just something that we we try to do ceremonial. It's something that's in our hearts today. Help me pray this morning. Father, we love you. We praise you. We ask, God, for your continued hand. We know there is a plan for Israel. And God, we pray that you would touch them. We pray that you would anoint them. We pray in the midst of the turmoil of this world and that rages all around them. There might be wisdom. There might be prosperity. And there might be peace within her walls. God, we pray. God, we ask you, God, just to help us to continue to be checked in heart, to, to support and honor, God, your people and be a part of what you're doing in this last day. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. A couple of things we want to do this morning. First of all, I'd like Lenny Robinson, if you would. He's got a, a public announcement he wants to come and make. Going to give him a few moments to do that. Lenny? Good morning, everyone. I have some pretty exciting news if you're kind of a techie person. Even if you're not, this is pretty good news. Beginning in October, we've got the 100th anniversary coming up. And as things move along and things change, we've come a little bit from 1915 to 2015. I'm happy to announce that beginning in October, we will be going all high definition, not only in here, but online. So when you watch, we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you network quality television in here with a new bigger screen online. You're gonna be able to hear much better as well. We've got a, we've got a good team working with us and so far, uh, Jacob Birchwell and I have run over 2,000 feet of new cable for our new uh, high def cameras. We're gonna have four of them, not two of them as you see now. But here's what I need. I don't need any money. <laughs> but the Bible teaches us in that parable where the owner gave servants talents. We all know the three servants and how they invested their talents. I was also taught that talents mean your personal currency. Now, I don't have the talent to sing with Gary. I don't have the talent to play music. But I do have a talent for broadcasting. I've always been fascinated with it. So we are building a team with young people. We have a whole host of young people. But now I also need us older people. If you have a desire or want to learn about running a camera, about doing computer graphics, about doing directing, we'd love to have you come on board. We have a Stratford Heights Media Facebook page. Just go to Stratford Heights Media on Facebook. We've got information there. I also need the talents of a couple of people that know construction. We're going to be getting rid of this screen. We're bringing in a new high-def screen. We're also getting a new projector. But I don't have the talent to lower that screen. We're going to have to get on some ladders and use block and tackle. The only block and tackle I know is football. So... If we can get a couple of people who know a little bit about construction and can help us out, we need maybe half a day. That's all I need. So I'm asking, if you're interested in helping us out, Jacob and I will be at the media desk after service. We welcome to talk with you, and we hope you will. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lenny. You 
You know, I do want to say in, in a thanks uh, to, to not only Lenny and, and the folks who are doing what they're doing, they're, they're really investing a lot of their time and sacrifice into uh, transforming and changing uh, the ministry. Uh, how many of you know that it's becoming an online kind of world out there? There are a lot of people. We will have well over 100 people just about in every service who are watching online. And if you're watching online today, you know, you're a part of our congregation. And we appreciate you. And all these people want to thank you for being here right now. <laughs> Amen. I love Larry Ford's heart for this. The other night he said, you know, you know, as the Lord leads you, don't forget that there's a bunch of folks watching online live every service. And uh, you, might, you might speak to them as well. And uh, so I'm going to be real prayerful about that, and, and we'll be including them in the service um, as we are reaching out. But I want to thank them, and I also want to thank, you know, uh, an anonymous part of that team uh, has really uh, done a wonderful job. At, as he mentioned, we don't need any money from you. That doesn't mean that it isn't a very expensive project. Um, probably close somewhere to between twenty-five dollars and $30,000, and that has been donated to our church by some uh, very lovely, wonderful people. And I think that's important for you to know. And so we're thankful this morning that folks have a heart for that in our church. I would like to introduce a gentleman who's going to come and greet you. As you know, this year we took on a project. We've had a couple of projects through the Clayton Street Mission. Um, the last project we just completed uh, our Clayton Street team. If you're on the Clayton Street mission team, would you stand if you're here today? Wherever you are, I know you're here. There's, okay, all of you. All right, excellent. Several others are not here this morning, but they're part of that team. They helped to organize and, and uh, put together this program for um, Highview uh, Sixth Grade Center. And we were so excited to be able to do that. I think it was close to 500 kids that, that we, uh, we took on the project of supplying their, their school supplies for the year. And we were just thrilled to do that. And at first, I must admit, I was absolutely terrified, especially when they told me how much it was gonna cost. I was like, where are we gonna get this? What if it doesn't come through? But you know what, I should have known better because you stepped up to the plate and you did above and beyond. And we had more than enough to not only take care of Highview, but we also took care of other students in our church that needed the school supplies. So thank you very much. I would like to, amen. It's awesome to love the community and to do things that let them know we love them. But I want to introduce one of the principals at the school is here with us today, our very special guest. His name is Dave Maley. And he is here. He's coming to, to greet you and to speak to the congregation. Dave, if you come ahead, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. God bless you. So I just wanted to take a minute here. Not to just thank you, but number one, first to introduce myself, my name's Dave Maley. I'm actually a principal intern, so I'm in training under the principal there at the school throughout this whole uh, school year, uh, training under Jenny Dennis, and uh, one year from now, I will become a principal. Uh, but in the meantime, the very first job that I had that first day when I walked in the school was to go in the back and help um, 
Mrs. Locke un, you know, take all the supplies in from the car into the school. And I was astounded myself at the generosity of the church. And there's three quick things I want to communicate to you that I believe these kind of acts do. Number one, for the kids that are in this church, you model to them faith in action. And those kids can be proud of this faith community. Number two, you tell the students at our school, you're important. And number three, you tell the teachers, we support you. And of all the things that we can do at school, academically, if we can get the message to them that you're important and we support you, they are going to be made to thrive. Amen. I want to thank you awesome. on behalf of the school. So we, uh, as, as best I could to get all the kids that I could while they were in lunchroom, they all signed the card for you. And many of them were able to do a personal thank you note, which you can take. Awesome. Thank you very much, Dave. We appreciate you very much coming by and being with us. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll put, I know, we'll put it right there. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Great day today. Wonderful to be able to celebrate the wins. You know, this is a win, right? A win. I love that. Thank you so much, Mr. Maley, for being with us today. We honor you, and we thank you for, for being our special guest. This coming weekend, or not this weekend, but coming up on September 25th and 27th, we do want you to know about the powerful weekend uh, of the Encounter Ministries. Uh, it's time to just get alone and let God examine your own heart and relationship. I've been to those encounters. I'm telling you, it's one of the most powerful ministries in this church. Lots of you have been through uh, many of you have not. I want to challenge you this year to take the time to be a part of Encounter Ministry. God's going to change your life. You cannot go into that ministry weekend. It's impossible. I haven't met anyone who's ever walked away who said, ah, that was boring. Never I've never known anyone to do that. People have gone in and they, they get different things. People are all there with different needs. But boy, when they come out, after you've been through that entire weekend, you are just blessed, you're strong, and you are on fire. I'm telling you, Christian, the last night, one of the encounters I attended was absolutely unbelievable. I could not believe. I made this statement when I walked out that in all of my life being in church, I have never felt the presence of God as thick and as wonderful as I did that night. It was amazing. I challenge every man and every woman to be a part of the encounter. We have the women's encounter is coming September 25th and 27th at the YMCA Camp Campbell Guard. And then the men's encounter is October 2nd and 4th. You can pick up a pamphlet in the, in the uh, annex out there in the lobby. Please go by, look for it. It says encounter on it and uh, pick that up and then get signed up to go on this amazing trip. Our ushers are coming to serve you. And as they do, I wanna remind you that God God wants you to trust Him. 
You know, I was thinking this week about, Lord, why do you, why do you talk to us in your word about the tithe? And, and why do you talk about offerings? And why do you talk about the Sabbath? You know, I, we work six days, but on the seventh day, you ordered us to rest. I think about those things, and a lot of times I'll just mull over, Lord, why? Why do we do that? Why is it important that we do that? You own the cattle of a thousand hills, on a thousand hills. Why do you ask us to be a part? Why do you want us to be so involved in these things? And how does a tithe fit in with the Sabbath and taking that time to rest and then making sure we take our first fruits and give that back to God? Why do you require that? And the Lord simply spoke to my heart this week and he, he said something so simple. He said, I want you to continue to always remember I am your strength. Whether that's financial or whether that's physical, emotional, or spiritual, you need me. Don't ever get lost in thinking that you will ever do this on your own. The Lord said, you give to me, whether it be a day, which is the Sabbath to honor God, or you give to me in your tithe. And he was talking to me, because I am a tithe payer. I give to missions, I give to the building project, I give weekly, just like you do. And the Lord said, I require that of you so that you will always remember the blessings come from me and you need me. And that really spoke to my heart and I wanted to pass that along to you because the Lord was really teaching me something about the tithe. It wasn't about my duty, my fair share. It wasn't about you know, even the kingdom. It, he said, you need me. You need me to meet your needs. You need me to be there for you in every way. And so I require something from you so that you'll always remember your dependency is on me. I think that's beautiful. And it helps me to truly understand the power of God in my life and how intimate he wants to be with all of us. So I challenge you today as you're here prepared and ready to give that it's been a long summer. And of course, as you can imagine, as we're heading back into fall now, it's time for the pastor to say, hey, I, I need you, we need you, the church needs you. If you're a regular tithe payer here at the church and if you're a regular giver, we need you to make sure that you're helping in the kingdom project and that you're showing your faithfulness and dependence upon God. So I'm, I'm asking and appealing to you to give. We've just come through a major project and we're fixing to go into another one, as you well see this morning. And I'll be talking about that in just a few moments. And I've got some really exciting news to share with you today historical news that's going to be really cool today's the day somebody asked me a couple days ago they said now when are you going to tell us that big surprise i'm like well it's today so you're going to hear today so god bless you as you give today thank you you know that we do something the church practices what it preaches all the loose offering today will go to world missions every dollar every dime will go into the mission field to support missionaries literally all around the world so thank you father as we come before you we thank you that you teach us. We thank you, Lord, that our lives are lessons in leaning on you. I pray that you will touch our hearts, challenge us, Lord, into deeper places with you, and that you don't require anything from us, that you don't turn and give 10 times, 100 times over back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We honor you today as we give to missionaries, we ask you to meet their needs through us. 
And Lord, we thank you for those who are faithful to pay their tithe and to give in our missions giving and building project. For Lord, we are all one body together being used by you to make a difference in this community. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
moments I want us to do spiritual warfare I believe the Lord is here in a powerful way the Bible is clear to point out Jesus looked and said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth and under the earth how many of you know he owns it all runs it all he's sovereign and in every way God is in control God is in control I don't know what you came in here with today I don't know what you're carrying maybe you got a bad report from the doctor Maybe you're carrying a weight from the employment and work where you are. Maybe you've got family issues. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big it is or how small it might be. God is able, I believe, through His Word, promises are there that let us know that God is able to absolutely heal, restore, bring back. He's able to touch and bring peace. He's able to guide. He's able to do everything, all. Power is in his hand so I don't know what you're going through today but I want you to sense and feel that this morning your faith is touching heaven I believe in this worship this morning as we're singing break every chain you know, the Bible says break tearing down strongholds and casting down imaginations and every strong thing every high thought that comes against the knowledge of God when we truly understand what the word teaches us then we can sing with victory. I want you to have victory right now. I want you, if you will, why don't you just lift up a hand or just a heart or a voice. Maybe you want to pray silently, however you want to do it, but I want you to lift those burdens and those cares to the Lord, whatever it might be. No matter what you brought in today, God is able. Lord, as we come before you this morning, we thank you that you are a Lord, a mighty God who is able to do anything. All power is yours. And so, Lord, we ask you that in this house, with this many people here today, surely there are those that need saved. We ask you to touch their hearts. Reveal your love to them. 
And Lord, we have lost loved ones that we're praying for that are just seemingly lost in this world. They're involved in every kind of lifestyle and everything that's just tearing them down. We pray in the name of Jesus, you would touch their lives. Lord, we ask for healing today. We believe through the blood atonement of Jesus Christ that you're able to heal. So we give you every disease. We give you every, every physical ailment and infirmity and ask you to touch today by your Holy Spirit ministering healing to this congregation. There are marriages that need restored, families that need to be renewed. We ask you, Lord, to meet needs in this house right now as we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we believe that with our faith and our prayers, there are angels, armies of angels that are being dispatched from this very house right now to move out into this world, taking care of every concern that touches the heart of your children. We thank you for this today. We honor you for the victory, for it is ours. For you said in your word, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and that we are overcomers through the blood. So we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. I hear those chains falling. Hallelujah. I hear those chains falling. There is power. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We're going to go before the Lord now as a congregation. In just a few moments, our pastors are going to come forward at the conclusion of the message and they're going to anoint you with oil and pray according to James chapter 5 where it says if there's any sick among you let them call for the elders of the church anointing them with oil and praying the prayer of faith and we're going to do that in just a few moments but before we do there's some very serious issues in our church that i want us to pray for as we're praying for the word as it's time to go into the message today i want us to pray for brother ron carter got a call from sister phyllis last evening and prayed with her over the phone. Brother Ron, is the heart is doing fantastic, doing great. God performed a great miracle there. But somehow in that hospital, and those of you who've worked in the medical field, you know how this can happen. Some bacteria has gotten involved in his body and they have been working hard with antibiotics and trying to solve the issue. And it looks like they're gonna have to go back in and do some surgery, opening, reopening where he had that heart transplant. I just believe that God is able, if he brought him this far, he's going to take him all the way through. The doctors tell you his heart transplant could not be going better. He's got a great, great heart and a wonderful surgery there. But this bacteria has got to go. I, I look at it like something the enemy would just do. You know, it almost sounds like he sneaked, snuck up there at the hospital. And I just believe that this is one of the things we can have authority over. If I have a couple of people in the house that got faith. And if you've got faith, I want you to help me pray for Brother Ron this morning. We also want to pray for Brother Bill Mann. Bill has been in the hospital and he has been suffering physically. I want us to pray for Brother Mann. He's a wonderful gentleman in our church, a godly man. And I want God to touch him. Sister Kim. 
Kim Holly needs our prayers today. She's been in, in, uh, in the hospital and she's down at Mercy Fairfield and she has gone through a, just a tremendous, serious surgery. And she's recuperating good and I want God to continue the healing in her life. We want to pray for Brother Glenn Hale, one of our brothers. He always sits right back there with Bill Gilbert in Virginia and, and he's as faithful as the day is long. And he has had a very extensive cancer type surgery this last week. Um, with complications from that and he is coming he's come through that but boy he's just really needing the strength and needing healing so I want God to touch him and lastly brother Fred Markham needs our prayers we want to pray for him he has been dealing and going back and forth from the hospital and just needs God to take care of his situation I believe that God's word teaches that there's healing in the name of Jesus I believe I believe when Jesus Christ the Bible says that he took the stripes upon his back for healing that was right there on the same day that he took the beating and was crucified for our sins. So I'm believing that we have the right as children of God to have faith to believe God for healing. I want you to join with me right now as we pray that the message will come forward today and that the word of God and the power of God will touch lives, but also that these folks will know a touch, a mighty touch of God's hand. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, we pray in the name of Jesus. As a congregation, we're a body of believers coming together, agreeing, and touching the needs that are before us. We pray, God, that you will touch Ron Carter. I believe that you and the angels of God are able and are right now, I believe by faith, that you're walking right into that Ohio State University Hospital and that you are performing a mighty act of great miracle that lord you are touching him physically i'm believing and asking that in the name of jesus christ we've seen powerful moves we've seen miracles in our congregation and lord we're believing right now you've brought him this far and we are believing you're going to take him all the way through but god we want this to astound the doctors we're believing lord for a good report we pray for brother man we lift him up to you ask that you will strengthen him and touch his body physically let him sense and know your touch today. And Lord, touch Kim. Minister to her by your Holy Spirit down there in the hospital. Let her feel and know the power of the Lord, strengthening her, helping her to recover quickly. And let her feel your presence most of all. And Lord, Brother Glenn Hale, we pray over him today. Pray your, your healing, your strength to be with him. Comfort him and be with him as he's recovering. Let him feel the strength and power of God at work. And Lord, Brother Fred, lastly, we pray that in the name of Jesus, you will touch him by your powerful spirit, that you will minister healing to his body physically as we never fail to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. For Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. We realize that if there is any good report, it comes and given from the Father of lights. We know, Lord, that you are in control. So we thank you today by faith, hearing our prayers and delivering your people. And we ask it all in your name, giving you praise. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen. And Lord, touch the word of God today. Remain standing and if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I'm going to try very hard to get through a whole lot of stuff I need to tell you. I've got a message that's burning. I want to get to that part, but I got an announcement I need to make as part of that message. I want you to read in scripture with me from Matthew chapter 9. I've entitled the message this morning, Going Deeper, So Get Going. Going Deeper. I like it when Kevin nods. He's giving me that approval. That's just as good as an amen. Going Deeper, So Get Moving. 
And boy, you're going to know what I mean in just a few moments. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because, he says, they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, because of this truth, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Can you say amen? The reading of God's word. Amen. You may be seated. I put this to the test this week. I was out and about over the week and having interaction in, in de- several different public venues. And I wanted to, I'd already read the scripture and had already been meditating on it during the week. And I noticed it says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. I started watching people. Sister Ruth, I was looking into their faces. And I was looking at, list, not, not eavesdropping, but I was listening to how they were talking, conversations, and how they were treating their families and their kids. And I saw a lot of impatience. saw a lot of frustration. I even watched people in cars. And boy, a lot of people got road rage out there. And I'm terrible because when somebody gets upset with me because I did something really stupid I just go some reason that makes them matter I don't know why but the world the world is weary they're tired they don't know what to do they don't know where to turn They don't know who to trust. We've got a political season coming up and, you know, you don't know who in the world to vote for. If you're just going by the world's standards and you're just looking at those things, you'd be like, no, somebody else. It basically comes down to this, you know, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, how do you vote? How do you vote, Pastor? And I said, this this is how you vote this is what we're accountable to this is what we're responsible to this is what we vote but but, you know I mean we got to give and take you know because no we don't how many of you know we vote this this so that makes that easy that's easier That eliminates about 99% of our candidates. No, I'm not making a a statement about who to vote for just yet. Um, But it's easy. You stand on the word of God and we don't compromise. But the world is exhausted. They're tired. They're weary. They're scattered. 
in the part boy was Jesus knowing it when he said, they're like, a, they're like sheep without a shepherd. God help us. Because immediately I saw that in my own heart. Brother Marvin is, that's our responsibility. We're to be shepherds to this world. We're to be Christ. We're to be the shepherds. And Jesus looked at them and said, they're like sheep that have no shepherd. He went on and he said, the harvest truly is plentiful. They're ready. That's what he was saying. They're ready. I looked at people on the street and I thought, are they ready? And Duran, I go back to the word and the word says they are. They're ready. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers, the workers, the witness, the servants, the shepherds, are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty powerful message right there. That's pretty strong, pretty intense, that we are to be shepherds to this world. We're to look for the hurting and the lost Long, long time ago when I was a teenager and started coming here on our bulletin, it said that we were, uh, uh, I can't remember now. What was our motto? It says, for a hurting world. Does anybody remember that? Wow, I should have wrote it down. That's what I get. A New Testament church for a hurting world. Thank you. <laughs> a New Testament church for a hurting world. Groundbreaking has turned into bulldozing, as you noticed. And it looks great. But as pastor, you know, I'm excited. I'm out there taking photos. Jeff, I'm totally excited. I'm taking Instagram, you know, I'm putting filters on them, making the, the ground look really great. And, and I'm like so excited. And then all of a sudden I just go, oh, oh, that costs a lot of money. And I'm like, uh, stop. <laughs> well, I'll go get grass seed. You guys take the bulldozers home. And we'll plant this back. We'll get it looking great by Sunday. In my heart, that was the man, you know, the, the anxiety-filled man who was sitting there going, oh, no, this is a major project. But then I looked at it and I said, oh, wait a minute. This isn't the work of a committee. It's not the work of man. It's not a work of the church of God. It's not even a work of Stratford Heights Church. This is God. This is God. And God's going to take care of his work. My brother-in-law said it. He said, if it's God's, it's God's bill. And God will take care of blessing you and me to be a part of making that happen. So I stopped worrying and I said, bulldoze away, boys. And by the way, I'm the pastor. And I was like, nice to meet you. And they were like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, they were good. It was beautiful. 
But what it represents is still even more beautiful. It says that we're putting our words into action. The discipleship and ministry building is underway. It's going to happen. And God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of the mission behind it. See, unless you're back there, you don't know. Somebody might say, well, I mean, do we really need that? That means you haven't been back there loading chairs and setting them up and tearing them down and building stages and tearing them down and sweating and working, you know, five and six ministries stacked on top of each other for 25 years. You have no idea what it's like. I'm just fighting for the underdog right now. Because I do know what it's like. 18 years I was youth pastor here and I had to build. You build and you tear down and then the new ministry comes in. They build and tear down. Oh, got a funeral, got to have a dinner here. Oh, got a graduation, got to change it here. Oh, got to have this, got to have that. Sorry, tear it all down. We've been doing that for 25 years saying, discipleship is important in our church ministry to our youth and our children and our nursery and our ministries this is important to us why we tell them to shh, be quiet and go build your set don't bother me we need it we're long overdue long overdue somebody would say well, I mean, I had Stephanie in the first service. And somebody would say, well, <laughs> them, them babies, they don't contribute anything. We shouldn't build that nursery for, for them because they ain't giving a dollar. And I said, oh, you're right. I'm going to go in that nursery right now. Come here, you little toddler. I want you to get out there on the street and start making money. I want you to start contributing and pay your tithe. I want, for every jar of baby food you eat, I want one. You know, I checked on the young people. I wanted to find out how they're doing. Cameron informed me and told me that the young people, by large, every one of them are giving. They may not be able to give a lot, but they're giving. They give in offerings, and they give to youth ministry, and they're giving. He's been teaching them to give, and they've been giving. I think you ought to be proud of them for that. But what's important is that we remember that it's not really, it's not about those things because then it's us building. It's really not about that. It, we have to keep our faith and we have to keep ourselves in tune with what God expects and demands of all of us. And last Sunday, I said it best when I preached a message on the children, on babies. The disciples said, now they don't give very much. They don't do very much. They're an interruption here. Kids, moms, dads, keep your babies over here. Jesus, the Messiah is coming through. And Jesus looked at them and rebuked them. said stop suffer the little children or forbid them not and then he said some very powerful words Debbie he said for of such is the kingdom of God and as a matter of fact Jesus went on to turn turn it in just turn the heat up just a little more he said and by the way 
unless you come as a child, you won't even see the kingdom. Wow. The Lord said, train up the children in the way that they should go. The younger will teach, the older will teach the younger. The men will teach the young men and the older women will teach the young ladies. Bible is very, very clear that we have a responsibility and a mandate, not just a babysitting job. Can I get an amen? We have a mandate from God that we are to be a part of making disciples. Jesus didn't say, get you a big church, make it a beautiful social organization. Everybody have fun, do cookouts. Do after church yak and snacks. Plan activities. Pat each other on the back and pray for each other's bursitis week to week. And just love on each other. Make each other feel good. No. Jesus looked at his disciples before he left the earth. And he said, go to the upper room. When you get up there, you stay and you tarry until you're endued with power so that you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit to be a witness of fire for me. He said, then go into all the world, preaching and teaching. Everything you've observed, everything you've experienced and you've learned, you ought to be passing down to the future generations. What are you doing? What are you doing? Can I challenge you this morning? That we are to be about the Father's business of building the kingdom. We are to be training. I actually did some work. I, I put together on the new building what it, what it will do in just one hour. Of, of If we're here for a regular service, what it will do. There will be, it will take 125 to 150 volunteers working and serving in the church for just the new building. It will have the potential to minister to over 700 people every time we come together for church. We've got work to do. We've got work to do. It's a grand opportunity that the church is being given to continue to build the kingdom and make disciples, which is our job. It's our job. It's our mandate, our responsibility. We are to do this. And this is one of the things that's happening with this new building. It's one of the things we're doing after 25 years. 20 years ago, I begged for something, anything. I said, put me a tent out there, anything that can help me. I was ministering at one particular point. We were running well over 200 kids on a weekly basis in our youth ministry. And we were building and tearing down for hours and hours of the week. And I said, please get us some help. We've been waiting a long time for this. We're here. We're ready. God's given us the green light. I was talking to a pastor who was bragging about his interest rate for their construction loan. Not very far from here. Built a big, beautiful building. It was 7 or 8%. I think he said 8%. And then I, I just looked up and I thanked God. Because we got ours for 3.8. <laughs> the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. He's been on, his hand has been on us. We're ready to move forward. It's going to be a fantastic project that God's going to help us with. I looked up at him and I've done it several times over the last week, watching bulldozers. 
I've been out there and I've been like, God, it's you. Don't forget, it's you. And don't think I ain't praying either. I'm praying. I'm praying big time. God, this is you. And then every time I start praying about it, I see little kids in an altar praying in that new auditorium. I see them filled with the Holy Ghost and I see puppets and I see all kinds of things reaching out to kids and it jam-packed full of little children praising and learning the songs and learning the things that they need to learn from the Bible. And I see God looking down saying, you go, Stratford Heights, you keep going. You keep ministering, you keep building for the kingdom. There's nothing more beautiful than to see young people who can quote back to you scripture and verse. Nothing more beautiful than to see the power of God alive and working in their hearts. There's nothing greater than that because if we don't train them and lead them now while they're young and they're coming up into college and young adult age, if we don't take care of them, the world will. And I've seen the devastation of what happens telling you this is our this is our grand opportunity and God has blessed us with it let's not allow the naysayers don't allow anyone to tell you that you don't deserve that we as a church are building it for the future I don't have a son or a daughter that'll be in that building but I'm giving I'm giving a lot and I'm telling you I'm doing it because I am absolutely convinced that in order for this church to go on we must live with the same mentality as our forefathers because I remember hearing one testimony after another from every pastor that's ever been a part of this church has always said we look to the future we always build for the future we preach for the future we are building the kingdom of God and you know from 1915 to this present hour this church has always been building always been moving forward for the kingdom we're just staying true to ourselves God is honoring and giving us faith how do I know God's honoring because something amazing happened and, and I, I want to share with you and this is the good news it's blown me away I'm getting ready for the 100 year anniversary and we've been excited and if you've seen anything on Facebook here lately you've seen where there have been we're doing reenactments of the actual 100 years ago and it's really cool wait till you see it I can't wait for you to watch the, the documentary it's going to be amazing on the Saturday night of October 17th, we're going to do a big premiere, and everybody's going to be invited to come and see the documentary. And it is a professional documentary. It is not somebody with an iPhone walking around. It is absolutely professional in every way. It's going to be beautiful. What really was romantic about the whole thing was the Locke family. Where are you at, Andrew? I think I saw you earlier. Stand up, brother. Nicole, where are you at? These people took it upon themselves, and they, along with some, some staff and some crew, they, they went and got themselves all decked out. And they went to a 100-year-old Victorian home. Thank you, Mary, who helped us. They went to a 100-year-old Victorian home filled with Victorian furniture, and they reenacted 100 years ago. And then we went out to the Auburn Street house where Andrew's great-great-grandparents were a part of starting our church. They were the family who hosted that little prayer meeting on the porch. Can you imagine what it was like in heaven when great grandma Morrison was looking down saying, look at what they're doing. Do you see what they're doing? I'm sure there was like a celebration in heaven watching her grandbaby a couple times over dressed up like her 
and reenacting that history. It was beautiful. We've been doing that, you know, in 1915. We started on the front porch of Auburn Street, a little prayer meeting there and, and some Bible study and some music on the front porch, bringing a little food, having a little covered dinner, and they all got together. Within a couple of years, they were up to 25 people, needed a place to go. They found a garage on Clayton Street in 1920. They were organized with the Church of God, and then uh, they ended up, that property turned into more property right there along the, the corner, and they ended up building a little building, and then they raised that building, put a basement in that building, and then they built another building, and then 1954, they dedicated that beautiful big edifice of the Clayton Street Church of God. Well, I, I was able to go over there and, and and one day, the staff and I, we, we got over there, and we, we were able to go in, and we looked around, and Judy took us over to her office where she used to work, where she's been here 45 years, so she's seen it all. I think she was here with the first pastor. I'm not, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, Judy. <laughs> she showed us where her office was, and we went around, we went the baptistry, and we walked around the sanctuary, and it was so beautiful, and it was awesome, and I was going around, and something got down inside my heart, and I was like, I love our history. I love where we've come from. This is fantastic. I'm in love with this church. I'm just touching it, and I'm walking around the altar, and I'm looking at stuff, the pews, and I'm thinking, this is so beautiful. This is awesome. I love this place. I walked up into one of the Sunday school rooms, and somebody, Sister Audrey, was telling me, here's this classroom where Sister So-and-so was healed during Sunday school, right here on a Sunday morning. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I walked into one of those rooms and I walked over to the shelf and there was a whole bunch of books there and I just, I picked up one of the books. And it was a Church of God convention book. Now, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been part of our denomination any length of time, the convention books go way back. And I looked at the front of it and I opened it up and it said, Clayton Street Church of God, Pastor D.A. Biggs. And I was like, are you kidding me? Talk about a church that won't change. <laughs> the Central Baptist Church has owned it for 65 years. <laughs> that book was still on the shelf. Wow. <laughs> I was so thankful I saw that, and I was amazed by that, and it was just so beautiful. I get away from it. I can't get, can't get it out of my head. We went over to Harlem Park. We were looking through Harlem Park, and we took a tour there and took pictures, and it was real good. Just, just relishing our history. I'm a history buff. I love history, especially my own. And I love this church. I was the only guy in my dorm who took his church directory and hung up all the pictures of the sanctuary and all the people, the staff. And my dorm room was covered with Harlem Park. I've been in love with this church since the very first Sunday. It saved my life when I walked in as an 18-year-old. But God just, he started wrestling with me about this building. And I kept thinking about this building all the time. Everybody who works with me, they were like, it's all he, he talks about it all the time. He can't get it out of his head. I'm like, I, I told them, I said, wouldn't it be awesome? Because Clayton Street is now down there in the middle of the, the worst part of Middletown. I mean, that's where the troubles are. That's where the homeless are. That's where the, the drug addictions and prostitution and all these things are all down in that area. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if this church could be turned into like a mission? Wouldn't that be great? A mission to reach out to the city and, and help hurting people and just be a beacon, a light. And they were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. If you could afford it, if you could buy it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, we're building this new building. Stuart, we can't do that. We can't, don't even think about buying anything. That's, can't do that, Ray. The church would tar and feather you and run you out if you said you wanted to buy a building. 
So I'm like, nah, we're not going to do that. But I said, but pray that somehow, whatever this is in my head, that it'll just, it'll be whatever God wants it to be. So that was a year. We prayed for a year. I've been at this for a year, year and a half. Six months ago, I started really praying. I looked at somebody, I said, you know, I can't get it out of my head. Now, one of the things we did a year ago is we met with the pastor. We found out who the pastor was. I called, we called him up and said, let's, let's meet. So we met the guy and we talked to him about, you know, the idea of a mission, that being perfectly located for a mission. And I said, have you guys thought about that? Maybe you'd want to do that. Yeah, yeah, we've thought about it and it's been in our heart to do this and that might be a really good thing. Maybe you guys could come alongside of us and help us. And I said, well, let us know and, you know, maybe we can be a part of that. That would be, that would be great. We're not, we don't have to be the only you know, lone ranger. We'll, we'll assist another church. That'd be great. But I kind of left a little sad because I was hoping he'd say, yeah, yeah, we, I'm going to make it available to you. You can have it, you know, something. But nothing. A year goes by. Six months ago, I still couldn't get it out of my head. I had it in my heart all the time. As a matter of fact, it was kind of a joke. Clayton Street Mission knows. Those guys, I told them about it. I asked them to pray with me about it because I'm like, I don't know why it's just in my heart. I want this building. I don't know why I want this building. I'm praying about it, and I'm like, God, why have you put this down? We're building this new annex out here. We're building this new building. Lord, I shouldn't even have this in my head. This is like, I'm acting like Donald Trump right now. I mean, what's up with me? I started asking people. I said, you know, I remember the day I stood in the sound booth and talked to Jim Long. I said, you know, Jim, I said, God could give us that building. I said, if it was really God, I mean, if it's God, if it's God, then God knows we can't afford to buy anything like that. So if he's put it on my heart and it's from him, he could give it to us. And everybody was like, okay, people don't give buildings away, Ray. I'm like, I know. So we went on for six months. I've been like, you praying with me? You praying with me? You praying that God will give it to us? I'm praying with you, Pastor. I'm praying God will give it to you. Well, I want that building. I want that building. We dreamed about it. Andrew and I were talking about it. He, he went over and sat over there and looked at it. And, of course, he was nostalgic because of his family's history. And, and he went home and got on the computer and, and put the, the building in a picture and put Clayton Street Mission on top because that was my dream. I thought, what if we could turn that into the Clayton Street Mission? Put a 50s neon sign out there, just, you know, serving the people, and it'd be amazing, awesome. I could see it as a, 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 a free store in the basement and, and celebrate recovery programs running there, a church on Sunday mornings for street folks and just common. You can go in there and wear jeans and T-shirts because we're trying to reach the city. And, and you could have these bands and you could have tutoring for little kids and vacation Bible schools. You could have counseling. You could have all kinds of stuff. I mean, somebody was talking and said, hey, you know, I could come over. I'm a hairstylist. I could cut hair for free to let them make appointments. And I thought, that's awesome. We could do that. Another one said, we could do oil changes for people who can't afford them. I was like, yes, we could do oil changes. I'm thinking all this stuff. I'm like, it's going to be a dream center. And I've got, it's in my head, but we don't have it. All we got is a ministry. So we started Clayton Street Mission. And I told God, I said, Lord, we don't have a building, but we got a ministry. And we're going to, by faith, we're going to move in this, this dream that you've given me. So we called it the Clayton Street Mission. And that's what you've been doing. That's where our, our school bags came from, from the Clayton Street Mission. A whole idea behind, we'll start the ministry. I said, Lord, we'll start the ministry even without a building. 
we'll start the mission. So we found the sixth grade center over there at Highview and we wanted to help them and Nicole come up with that wonderful idea and it was fantastic and we started organizing it and putting it together and it all fell together perfectly. God was good. You know, last year under Clayton Street Mission, we did, we helped the families that were burned out of that apartment complex and we helped every one of them get placed in new homes and we took care of them. And it's like the ministry for a year now has been going without the mission building until just a few weeks ago. When don't you know, out of nowhere, that pastor calls me on the phone and says, hey, Pastor Ray, do you remember me? I said, sure I do. Yes, sir. How can I help you? He said, you still interested in this old Clayton Street building? I said, you have no idea. I said, I'm about to drive people crazy. I think about it all the time. I said, I pray about it all the time. I said, I've got people praying with me about that building. I said, if the Lord don't give us that one, he'll have to give us another one. I said, I've been praying about a building. He started laughing. He said, so that's what it is. And I said, what do you mean? Excuse me? He said, every time I walk in that building, I can't get your face out of my head. He said, every time I pray, all I think about is you. And he said, Pat, and this is what his words were. He said, I feel like I'm standing in the way of something that's supposed to happen with that building. He said, I want to make the building available to you. And Richard's in my office and I'm like, oh my goodness. I can't believe this. He wants us to have the building. And then I went, yes, and so... Um, are you interested in selling the building? Yeah, we would love to t I would love to talk to you about that. Yeah. And thinking, we can't buy it. And he started laughing. Listen to me closely, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the favor and the awesomeness of God, because I'm fixing to tell you something that'll curl your straight hair and straighten your curly hair. He started laughing. He said, no, I'm not interested in selling. He said, if your church is going to turn it into a mission and love the city of Middletown. He said, I want to make it available to you. He said, I'm going to go to Butler County, get the title and the deed. I'm going to sign it over to you free and clear, and I'm giving it to your church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The favor of the Lord follows after those who are obedient to him and have faith in him and love him. And when we mean business and we put our words into action, you put your faith in action. God still answers prayers. And it wasn't me that was nostalgic. It wasn't me that was romantic about our church's history. I believe the day that I walked in that building and we were looking around, God said, I've got a plan for this 100-year-old church. I'm going to do something yet again. And I take on that responsibility in my heart. I immediately got off the phone. I, first, I thanked him and loved talking to him and shared with him and, and told him he could be a part of anything that we do with that church. 
But I, I got off the phone, I got in my car and I drove straight over to Clayton Street and I did me a big circle. I did a Jericho march all around that building. I thanked God. I thanked him for giving us that building, for answering that prayer. Because I remember I said, God, if it's you, give it to us. And he did just that. Amen. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. He'll move heaven and earth for his children. He'll do whatever's necessary if we are determined that we're going to win the lost. If we mean business about taking care of our little kids. If we mean business about raising that little child, your little grandbaby. If we mean business that we're going to raise that child up in the fear and the admonition of God. Pouring scripture and teaching doctrine and truth in that child. As long as we are determined, we will do the work of God. God will always surprise us. He will bless us. Press down, shaken together, and running over. God will always show up and show off. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's awesome to consider God's favor. That's God's favor. I mean, I looked up to him and I said, it's you. It's you. And I felt the peace and the power of God. And he said, now I hold you to your word. I did my part. Now you do yours. Church, we've got to shake ourselves. See the harvest that is before us. We've got to see them and then be moved with the compassion of Christ. And we have to go into the highways and the byways. We've got to stop just having church. We've got to be the church. I love coming together on Sunday. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love being in God's house and the Spirit and the presence of God falling in this house. But if this is all there is, if this is all it is, then this is nothing but an organization, a country club, or a social outlet at the very least. I'm not here just to be a part of us just getting together in a social way every Sunday and just patting each other on the back and going from week to week to week to week to year to year to year. I want to do something. I want to show God how grateful I am. I want to, if he can do this, can you imagine what else he can do? If he can do that, if he can give us a building, you know, somebody looked at me and said, you do realize people don't give buildings away. We've already done the checks. We've already asked the hard questions. There is not a dime owed on the building, but it's ours. And I'm going to need 150, 200 people. I'm going to need people who will say, I got a broom. I got a hammer. I got a paintbrush. Pastor, I'll meet you over there. I'm going to work hard as anybody. I'm going to be right out there. I want to sweep. I want to cut the grass. It's been abandoned for six months. And they ain't done a thing to it. It looks terrible. If you drive over there today, don't fall out and have a stroke. You know, it looks terrible, but a little cosmetic makeup, you know, we finally in the church of God, we let the women kind of get prettied up here a few years ago. That building with a little cos, who said that? <laughs> Somebody about to have a shouting fit back there. A little cleanup, a little cosmetology. That building's going to be set up real pretty, and you know what, it's never going to be it's not going to be something that would not please god god gave it to us so that it will be a mission 
And isn't it romantic that God gave us that building on our 100th birthday? We get to go back to the very beginning and love this city all over again. I'm committed to loving Middletown. I'm committed. I used to drive around when I was 18 and I lived up in Trotwood and I would drive all the way down to Middletown to go to church at Harlem Park, which I loved. And I would drive down through the streets of Middletown. Jamie, I'd pretend like I lived here. I knew where all the stores were. Y'all that lived here your whole life, you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. I loved it so much that I would drive down the streets and just pretend like it was my town. I lived here. I loved it then, and I love it now. And I believe that God is the one that put it down in my heart that day we went out there to see that building. And I believe that God's gonna be the one to see it through. You just sit back and watch. The ones who are with me, the ones who see what I see, the ones who are all for this and you can see God's hand all over it, you join me. The rest of you, if there's anyone else, just do me a favor. Be quiet and sit back and watch because I'm telling you, God's going to show himself powerful and mighty and we're going to have a dream center for the city of Middletown and it's going to please God. It's going to honor God and it's going to be awesome. Stand with me this morning. What's important about it is that we got to pray the dangerous prayers. We got to pray the prayer that says, Lord, whatever it takes. How many moms have ever prayed that for your son or your daughter? Lord, whatever it takes. Well, I'm praying that over our church. If it's ours to do, then we're probably in trouble. We'll be stressed out. But if it's God, then it's already done. I said, if it's God, then it's already done. Amen. So we're going to see the hurting. We're going to see the crowds, the multitudes. We're going to look into their faces. We're going to be moved with compassion. And we're going to rise to action because then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he send forth laborers into his harvest, into his fields. I'm praying that God touch you. In my head, I already see my next dream is 200 people out there cleaning and painting and singing songs and somebody saying, Brother Ray, my children were baptized right up there. And another young person may be coming over and saying I wasn't part of Clayton Street but man I want to be a part of the mission I want to be a part of the cause I want to help Middletown I thought about that it's so beautiful the way it marries all of us together it brings our, our, our nostalgia our history together with our present day mission and God's going to bless it and all the while while we're training and we're building for the future generations as well, well I'm telling you we're being set up for something amazing we're being set up for something astronomical. God's in the middle of it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I would ask you this morning, you hear the, you hear the statements, you hear the faith, 
of God answering prayers, answering them ridiculously fantastic. Do you know him? Are you part of the harvest? We know one thing, Christ died for you. He wants to save your life. He wants to give you hope and he wants to give you purpose, meaning. He doesn't want you to just live your life, living it out on your tombstone. It says he paid the bills, that's it. God wants you to have purpose. He wants you to have life. Are you here today and you need Jesus? If you are, we're going to pray with you. I would ask you if you would pray a simple prayer with me that comes straight from your heart. Words not, that, that will not save you unless they come from your heart. It's not a formula. It's just, it's a truth coming from you. That if you'll pray the prayer to receive Christ into your life, all of heaven will shake and tremble. And heaven will celebrate because of the decision you've made today. Are you here today and you need Jesus? You need to make things right with the Lord and you'd like to be saved. If you're here, would you just slip up your hand and write where you, write where you are? We're going to pray a prayer with you in just a moment. Are you here today? Anyone at all? God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? Pastor, I need to pray that prayer to be right with God. And I want to do that today. Anyone else? Just a few moments, I'm going to wait. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Greatest decision you'll ever make in all of your life. Christians are praying in the house. People are making a great decision to trust Jesus today. Is there anyone else at all? All right, these that have lifted their hands, we're going to pray. And as we pray right now, like I said, it's just words unless it comes from your heart. But if it comes from your heart, you better be ready. Heaven's going to come down. Jesus is going to change your life starting right today, right now. So church, would you help me? We're going to pray together. And as soon as we pray this, you're welcome to come forward. Our pastors are in the altar. If you'd like to spend time in prayer, if you'd like to come into the altar and pray, that's fine. You're more than welcome to come and pray. And if you'd like to have special prayer, they're here to anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith with you and to believe with you for a miracle. But let's pray together this prayer of salvation for those who are ready. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare today that you're Lord. I believe you died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. You are the Son of God. I receive you today. And I believe it in my heart as I confess it with my mouth. So according to your word, I'm saved. In Jesus' name, give me strength every day. And help me, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you'd like special prayer, as I said, you're more than welcome to come into the altar this morning. Spend a season of time in prayer as long as you want to. God bless you today. Come back tonight. Don't forget the mix. It's our young adult service. It'll be a wonderful night. It starts at 6 o'clock.